Hebrews chapter 12 this morning, verses 22 through to 24. But ye are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Let us look more closely this morning at what Christians have come unto, as in these verses described. The apostle says, ye are come unto. We want to look at this place where we have arrived in the marvelous grace of God. This is it. Now, it doesn't matter what you feel. You mightn't feel that you have come here. It doesn't even matter what you see. You may not even see with your physical eye, and we do not see with our physical eye that we are here. It doesn't matter what you see with your eyes. It doesn't matter what you touch with your hands. You have come here if you are a Christian. It doesn't matter what Satan says and where he tells us we have come unto. He will tell you otherwise. He will tell you you are still in your sins. He will tell you you are still at Sinai. He will tell you you still face the thunder. You still should have the fear. You still face the wrath. He will tell you all of this. And he will say that you should still tremble and fear. You remember how Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. And Satan says, that's what you should be feeling. Now as you look around at this church building, you don't see any of this. You don't see God, the judge of all, in the midst. You don't see any of these things that we read of in our text with our physical eye. As we look around on this building, which we can see and handle, it looks like something that is as touchable as Mount Sinai itself. Our assembly hall, our congregational building. We don't see a city. We don't see a holy mountain, Zion. We don't see Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Yes, it is true as we look more closely this particular Lord's Day here, we see a table laid. We see the Lord's table. We see upon it the feast of bread and wine that he has laid for us that we shall soon touch, not only see, but touch and handle. We see this. We handle these things, but we do not see Jesus, the mediator 
we do not see the blood of sprinkling with our physical eyes. You don't see saints here made perfect. You don't see holy, sinless saints here, nor do we see the holy angels here, though they are here. You don't see God sitting and ruling in the midst, though he is sitting and ruling in the midst. God, the judge of all. But don't let your eyes deceive you. As Christians, we have other eyes. As we look through the lenses of the word of God, and with the eyes of faith, we see these things. Yes, all of these things. We are here. And we are not here alone. But we are here with all Christians. There are Christians meeting all over the world. And if true Christians, they also have come to this mountain. And they also have been brought on to this place. And they with us are here today. And we all see it with the eyes of faith. Because this is the reality. What did we read in the word of God earlier? The things which are seen are temporal. These pews are temporal. This table is temporal. This pulpit is temporal. Temporal. But the things that are not seen, these things that's thus described, are eternal. We've come on to eternal things. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We depend not upon our physical eyes. For we have the eyes of faith to see the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So our verses this morning are telling us that the kingdom of God in all its glory has come on to us. It has broken in upon us. You remember when Jesus Christ came into the world, he just appeared, he just manifested himself, and he says the kingdom of God is at hand. It's come. And so it has. In Jesus Christ, it has broken in upon us. And we stand on the edge of it. This is what we have come on to. That does not mean that we are not still in Guildford. We are still in Guildford and our bodies are here. We are still pilgrims on the earth. We are still below. But we are citizens of the heavenly kingdom. And we belong to the heavenly Zion. And our conversation is in heaven. The apostle Paul says... From whence also we look for the Saviour who shall come and change our bodies so that in body and soul we shall see this kingdom of the glory and of the grace of God. Jerusalem above is free. It is the mother of us all as believers and that's where we have come on to and that's where we are today. No more strangers and foreigners. 
but fellow citizens with all the saints throughout the world of the household of God. So we're not enjoying this reality in our bodies in all its fullness. We must wait the consummation at the end whenever they shall be changed by the power of God, that is, our bodies, and we are resurrected to enjoy this. For flesh and blood cannot inherit this, and we need a resurrection to enter into all the fullness of it, even all its visibility. But positionally, in our union to Christ, in our possessing the Holy Spirit, who gives us the communion of the saints, In the church of Jesus Christ, positionally, we have come there. And that's where we are today. I say this for your comfort. You have to see it by faith. You have to see it with spiritual eyes. You have to raise your affections. As it says in the Bible, If Christ be risen, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above. We have to stir our hearts as we see by faith and set our affection on these things that we have come unto. This is where our hearts should be, brethren and sisters. This is where all our love and devotion should be. This is where the the most exciting aspect of our life on earth ought to be. Things above. Things above. I take it that there are seven things here in the list. Just as there are seven things in the description. In verses 18 to 19 you see there. You're you're not come onto the mount. That might be touched. That's the first thing. That burned with fire. Blackness. Darkness. Tempest. Sound of a trumpet. The voice of words. Seven things at Mount Sinai. And so there are seven things And we haven't come to those seven things, praise God. But we have come on to better seven things. We have come on to Mount Zion. That's the first thing. An innumerable company of angels, the general assembly and church of the firstborn. God the judge of all, the fourth thing. The spirits of just men made perfect. Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And the blood of sprinkling. That speaketh a better voice. The word better occurs in the text. It's a better voice, a better place, a better, better richness. So these seven things, there is a place named, first of all, verse 22, not only named, but abundantly named, triply named, Mount Zion, a city of the living God, heavenly Jerusalem, That's where we're come to. It can't be touched with these hands of flesh and blood. But it's a real place. It's a reality. It's the eternal reality. It's what God has brought us to. This glory. This heavenly city. Oh, what the people of God are destined to enjoy through Jesus Christ. It's a city full of life. Bustling with life. And the king of glory reigns in the midst of it. The Jerusalem above. Which in the new heavens and in the new earth shall come down. It only won't only be above. But at the last day it will come down. And it will fill the whole cosmos. The new heavens and the new earth. This is what we've come to. 
or the hope of the people of God. What they have laid out for them in eternity. To dwell in this city and the glory of God to fill it. The Father's house, the many mansions. What a blessed place it is. And then it is secondly to a multitude of angels. Isn't that what it says there? Innumerable. Marids and multitudes. Millions and millions. Innumerable. Even as the elect of God are innumerable. All these angels. That's what we've come to as well. Invisible. Can't be touched or handled. But ministering. Ministering angels. Ministering angels. Some of whom are no, no doubt certainly present this morning in this house. We've come on to ministering angels. Angels who minister to the heirs of salvation. Angels who surround the church of Jesus Christ wherever it is found. The angel of the Lord encompassing them. Surrounding them. Protecting them. Ministering to them. Through life and in death and at the resurrection from the dead. All these innumerable angels doing service for God. To the church of Jesus Christ. That's what we've come to. Not angels of wrath and fire. And fiery judgment and justice. But angels of service. Angels of mercy. Angels of grace. Through the grace of Jesus Christ. Ministering to us. Surrounding us. We've come to this. And we've come also. Verse 23. To the general assembly and church. It's all one of the firstborn which are written in heaven. We've come to the redeemed. We are not alone. We're part of a great body. The church, the whole general assembly of the elect, of all the redeemed. We've come to a body. We've come to an assembly. We've come to a church. Not a handful as we see here in Guildford this morning. No, we see beyond this place this morning. We see what God has brought us to. To a great innumerable body of saints. To a church in all ages and in all generations. And even now in this our day. A great multitude throughout the earth. We're all part of a one body. A one assembly. All belonging to the firstborn. Jesus Christ all born again through his grace, our names enrolled in the town hall of this city as the citizens of this city. That's what we've come to. What a wonderful place that we have found in Jesus Christ and that his grace has brought us to. Come to God in this one body and the one spirit through the one mediator who brings us unto God. We must never forget that we are not alone. And we always say here at the foot of this Zion, Mount Zion, we always say our Father which art in heaven. We never say my Father because we're a general assembly. We're a church of the firstborn and we are one. We're one. Even though we do not see the unity. And it is not comprehensible by us. As we look with our physical eyes. We see divisions. We see differences. But through the unity of the spirit and faith. We are sure 
We are one body in Jesus Christ. And then there is God. The fourth one, therefore the very central one of these seven things. And the very heart of it all, God. We've come unto God, the judge. Imagine that, the judge of all the earth. The one who does justice. And yet we poor sinners can come unto him and have come unto him. And we worship him. And he's our God and Father through his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the glorious God who dwells in the midst of his people, who is enthroned in the Mount Zion, and we are assembled around him. God, our God. How blessed we are to be able to come to God, the judge of all. And then the fifth thing, the spirits of just men are righteous men made perfect. And this isn't just men, but this, this means women too, just and righteous men and women. Uh, I take this to refer to the Old Testament saints. On the one side of God, the judge of all, the general assembly, the New Testament church, the congregation, but what about all those who died before Christ came? Before the blood of sprinkling was shed? Before he was made flesh and dwelt among us? Before the kingdom broke in upon us? What about those poor Old Testament saints who never saw it? Who did not seem to be part of it? Who died? Who died before Christ came? They're in it too. They've been made perfect as well with us. By the same Jesus Christ. You remember how Paul says. We've been made perfect through Christ. We've entered into this because Christ has come. Christ has died. He's raised. He's ascended. We've been made perfect. But what about those Old Testament saints. Who were disembodied and departed before he died. Oh. They're made perfect too. The spirits of the righteous ones. Such as we read of in Hebrews 11. Made perfect. He ascended up on high. He led captivity captive. They're not under the bondage of Hades and death either. For they are free and in this Zion as well. Enjoying it with us. So the spirits of righteous men made perfect. They also have come to the blood of sprinkling. Though they died before it was shed. They also are here. And then we come to the last two. Jesus. Oh, blessed Jesus. Oh, it would not be the same if his name was not here. Bring us to heaven and know Jesus. What kind of heaven would that be? But we're brought onto this place. And Jesus, yes, Jesus. Him whom we love. Him whom we adore. Him whom we desire to be with forever and ever. Him who we desire to be like. Yes, Jesus, our mediator. The one who brings us to this place. Who mediates between us so that we can come to this place. Jesus, Jesus, but not Jesus. Merely the righteous one, the righteous man who lived the righteous life. Jesus, the sacrifice for our sins. The lamb as he were slain in the midst of the throne. 
so we don't only come to Jesus, but we come to the slain Jesus, the blood of sprinkling, speaking better things than that of Abel. We've come to that. And I especially point out those last two. Their last, you know the saying, but by no means the least. No. But they're reserved to the end because the apostle, as he closes, is reminding us this is why we are in here. This is why we have come here. He came down. He brought this Zion to us. He brought this kingdom to us. And he died for us on the cross and he shed his blood. And it's because of him and his blood that we are on the edge of this kingdom and have come to it. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his grace he saved us through the death of his Son, our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. This is why we have access. And is it appropriate on this our communion Sabbath that we have come to this text? Isn't it always amazing, very often, how the Lord leads us in our studies that we come to something that is so relevant to the Lord's Supper and the table as we observe it on that occasion. And so it is today. Jesus, the new covenant, the blood, what does that remind us of? That reminds us of the upper room. That reminds us of the institution of this supper. When Jesus, the mediator, said, this is the blood. This is it. This is the blood of the new covenant of which I am the mediator, which I seal and ratify by my blood. Here it is, the blood of the new covenant shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. So we are reminded this morning by the emblems that we shall soon touch and handle and see. But let us see by faith beyond them, people of God, the cost of our access into this Mount Zion. The blood of Christ. And so he died for us. And he reminded us as the old was passing and the kingdom was about to break in through his blood. He reminded us, here it is. This is the cost. This is the ransom. This is the access. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes unto this God, the judge of all, but by me I am the way. And the blood is the way. And so the truth speaks that day in the upper room. And he tells us, we've come to this and I have brought you to this. I brought you to forgiveness. I brought you to the acceptance. I brought you to the communion of the saints. I brought you to the Zion. I brought you to the Father's house. I brought you to God. I brought you to peace. My peace I give unto you. Now as we read these things, these seven things in this description, just, just look at them again. What, what stands out about it all? In my mind, the sweetness of it. 
the sweetness of it all. The peace, the tranquility, the acceptance, the perfect city life, not like Gaza. Oh, the distress in Gaza, the distress in the cities of this world. But we have come to here, and what peace, perfect city life, no sin, no accusations, no Satan, no accuser, no alarm, nothing frightening, nothing terrifying, nothing disturbing, tranquility, sweet tranquility that the blood of sprinkling has brought to us sweet company the company of holy angels and holy saints and a holy God and a holy saviour sweet company sweet saviour sweet tranquility sweet blood of sprinkling it's all so sweet it's all so wonderful It's a glorious city. And it's a total contrast to the other mountain, isn't it? Mount Sinai. If we just quickly recap that and show the contrasts. Mount Sinai, it's marked by fear and terror. And the people don't even want to hear the voice of God. They're afraid. And even Moses himself, who who can go up, even he says, I exceedingly fear, I quake. It's terrible, it's terrifying, it's frightening. No sweetness. No tranquility, no peace. It's in the desert. Sinai's in the desert, but this is the city of the living God in the heavens. And in Sinai, only Moses can draw near. Only Moses can enter in. Only Moses can make the ascent up the hill. And he does it trembling in fear. And no one else can. And the commandment is, they're to be shot through with the dark. They're to be slain if they make the ascent. If they go up, how terrible is this place? And Moses says, a mediator. And what use is he? For he's fearing and quaking and trembling and needs himself a mediator. He is not to be compared unto Jesus. And it's an old covenant, but this is a new covenant. And all the blood around Sinai is but the blood of beasts, mere beasts, but the blood around Mount Zion, sprinkled here and there and yonder, is the blood of Jesus Christ, the mediator of the new covenant, speaking peace, not like that voice of words, the voice of terror, so the people had to hide and say, don't speak to us, don't let us hear the voice of God, but this blood is speaking, speaking even better things than that of Abel, because Abel's blood cried out for vengeance, but this blood cries out for forgiveness, it cries out grace, It cries out peace. It cries out reconciliation unto God. That's what you've come to, child of God. That's where you are today, through the grace of God. We've come on to this place. Sinai is all about law, but Zion is all about grace. Sinai is all about exclusion, excluding, keeping the people away. But Zion is all about invitation and coming and free access unto God. What a marvellous contrast between these two places. Who would want to be remaining at Sinai? 
And looking forward to all the thunder and the lightning and the darkness. Even the outer darkness. As they perish there in their sins. But we have come to Zion. That's where we are. Now why does Paul tell us this? He's not just a theologian. I'm going to give you a whole pile of theology. and Fill your heads with theology. No. Why does he tell us this? It's to encourage us. It's to comfort us. It's to tell us what we have in Jesus Christ. It's to encourage us not to forsake the Lord. It's to encourage us to keep on coming to church. and Keep on praying. Keep on following the Lord. Keep on keeping on and being faithful. He's encouraging us to follow on. And not to leave this place. And not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together at the foot of this Mount Zion. But to go on following the Lord. He's encouraging us. The Hebrews you see are battling. Oh they're battling. They're getting it so hard. They have lost the joy and the peace. And they're in some kind of turmoil. And they've been disappointed with Christianity. And this business of Christianity has not been easy for them. And they've been stopping coming to church. And they've been stopping visiting the assembly. And they're battling. And it's not with flesh and blood. But it's with darkness. The darkness of this world. They're battling the Christian life. And Paul, he doesn't say, you know, the battle will be soon over. The trials will soon end. The worst is past. It's downhill from here. No, he doesn't say that. He doesn't promise that. In fact, he says the opposite. You haven't resisted on to blood yet. The martyrdom hasn't come yet. The bloodshedding hasn't come yet. You haven't resisted on to that yet. It's going to get harder and harder in this fallen world. But you're here. Despite all of that in this world, this is where you are. You're here. And this is why he tells them this. So what's the answer to our discouragements? What's the answer to all the difficulties that we face? All the despair that seems to come into our life? What's the answer? The answer is that your Savior Jesus Christ, who you ever hold on to, he has brought you to this place. Just look at where you are. And his grace. The joy that is before you. So endure. Endure the cross. And go on. So you have to know what you have in Christ. For your comfort. If you have this. What else matters? What does cancer matter? If you have this. What is persecution and being mocked? Matter if you have this, this blessed hope. You see, Satan attacks the child of God, and he does so as the adversary, he does so as the accuser, and he says, Your sins. And he casts up your sins, your sins. And he wants to trail us and drag us back to Sinai. But no. The Holy Spirit says you're here. 
You should be listening to another voice. The voice of the blood. Speaking better things. You should be listening to that. That silences the devil. That silences Satan. That overcomes him. They overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. That puts him to flight. So child of God. Don't listen to the devil. Know where you are. Listen to where you are this morning. You've come to a throne of grace. You've access right into the heavenlies. You can ascend the hill of the Lord and go right in. That's where you are. So tell the devil that. And go on in. And go on up with boldness. Into the heaven. He's seen that we have a great high priest. That has passed into the heavens. Jesus the son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. And let us come boldly onto the throne of grace. That we may obtain all the mercy that we need. And we need mercy. And all the grace that we need. And we need grace. Oh brethren and sisters. That's what we need. Mercy and grace. If we have mercy and grace. What more do we need? We can be content. We can be at rest. So child of God, you're blessed. You're blessed today. This is where you are. But you poor sinner, who are outside of Christ, but struggling in the wilderness, will you not come? Will you not come to Christ? Will you not come to the mediator, to the blood of sprinkling? Will you not come to Calvary? And from thence make your ascent to the Mount Zion. Will you not come and join us? Will you not come and be part of this general assembly? Will you not come, as it were, and be one with us? Through faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, come, sinner. Come today and come without delay.